Is it okay for white people to do rap music? But if an Asian does it, it's cultural appropriation? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So Katie Herzog was talking about furries and cultural appropriation on her latest podcast. Lockdown Reported is the podcast. And so some furry, right, furries are like uh, people who dress up as, you know, kind of like mascots, anthropomorphic animals. And a lot of times they're gay, and a lot of times there's a sexual thing to it. Actually, that's not correct. Normal furry stuff is cartoons on the internet. And then a large percentage of those cartoons are porn. And then a large percentage of the porn cartoons is gay porn. And then if you're really into that stuff, you might go to, like, comic cons or whatever, furry cons, and dress up like a furry. Oh, and I guess another thing you do is, like, maybe your social media icon will be a picture, a cartoon picture of a furry. And so she's talking about this cultural appropriation furry. I think it was just their icon was a, it was like a wolf with dreadlocks. And I feel like furry, you know, like gay furries, like the hardcore ones who dress up or whatever, or just go online and talk about furry stuff all day long. I feel like they'd be a little, I think they are a little less woke than your average uh, LGBTQ, 2 plus IA uh, subculture. But anyway, so someone's icon, what's that called? Avatar. There we go. So someone's avatar was a wolf furry with dreadlocks. And so someone's like, you're racist. That's cultural appropriation. You're a racist. And they had some sort of internet pile on. And I think, I think the person that got, who called them racist had to back down and maybe shut down their Twitter account because people were like, screw you. I mean, I don't know. It's like, you know, do wolves, can wolves have dreadlocks? I mean, you're, you're, you're a wolf. You're not a wolf. You know, cultural appropriation of wolves. And, you know, it wasn't like a dark wolf. I don't know. It wasn't a black wolf. It wasn't blackface. I mean, I'm sure that stuff comes up. You know, like, what if you want to be a black panther? I mean, I bet you can't be a black panther now. I don't know. Anyways, so Katie brought up this story. I guess there's some CNN reporter who's over reporting on the Ukraine-Russia war. And they came out as queer. Now, this person is a man, and they said they're attracted to women, but they're also queer. And so she's like, you know what? Because Katie is a lesbian, like a real, a real lesbian, not one of these fad lesbians we got today. I get my information about fad lesbianism from her, although she would not put it that way so bluntly. But she's like, you know what? I am queer. I'm a lesbian, been a lesbian my whole life. Uh, I'm a real queer person. I don't like it when some man who is attracted to women says that he's queer. So she's like, I guess I'm gatekeeping. You know, wh- what's the difference here? Why, why, is it, why do I feel like it's okay for me to do that? But, uh, but maybe for like a white person in real life to get dreadlocks, that would be cultural appropriation. I mean, she didn't say that example, but... She believes that there are examples of cultural appropriation, you know, like maybe getting Maori religious tattoos or something. And I feel the idea of cultural appropriation is, it's wrong, it's stupid. Um, but I do, there is, there is a difference there. I was trying to think out, what, you know, what is the difference? Why is it different for someone to, basically a totally normal, a straight white man? Why is it wrong, wrong, it's definitely annoying for a straight white man to say that he's queer? Whereas if you're like, you know, is it okay to get, you know, Maori religious tattoos? You got to stop and think for a second and see if, you know, is that okay or not? 
Hmm, I'm not even sure I've been saying the right stuff. But I think it is wrong for a straight white man to say that he's queer, but I think it's fine to go to a bunch of cultural appropriation. And so here's the reasoning that I came up with. If a straight white man says that he's queer, what, you're, what he's doing is he's like, there's this group of people, queer people, that were oppressed in the past. And because they were oppressed in the past, society now lifts them up as the best kind of person. And so it's stolen valor. It's just like, you know, pretending you were in the army and in a war or something when you weren't. It's like the reason why people who are in the army and in a war are also lifted up and, you know, society treats them good is because something bad happened to them. You know, it's like uh, something bad happens to someone, so you do something nice to them to try and make up for it. And so something bad, I mean, queers today are treated like kings, but anyways, you know, especially especially go back to like the 60s or something, queers are treated poorly. So right now it's like anyone can be queer. It's like, oh, anyone can be queer? You mean anyone can just say, hey, treat me nicely. I'm special, treat me nice. Without ever having to go through anything bad or anyone I know ever going through anything bad. I mean, you know, like if you're, you know, if you're a real lesbian today, you know, at least at least you're kind of like the people who got treated poorly in the 60s. So, anyways, I think, uh, you know, gatekeep- some gatekeeping is in order. Straight white men should not be able to come out as queer. And then the difference there, if you, you know, I mean, hell, this could be, well, okay, we're not going to get into blackface. Blackface has a longer story, too. But, um, you know, if you get dreadlocks, you're not saying, you're not like, oh, black people were treated poorly, and now they're treated like kings, so I want you to treat me like a king with my white dreadlocks even though I never gone through anything bad, you know, anything bad, at least racially, and neither have my friends and ancestors. But when a white person gets dreadlocks, it's a compliment. They're like, dreadlocks are cool. I mean, you're not necessarily saying that black people are cool or uncool, but you're like, that thing that black people started is cool. It's like, you know, if you want to be a rapper, I mean, there's, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know who invented music, probably an Asian or something. We're probably all culturally appropriating Asians, but... But there's a lot of white rappers today, and I don't know, you don't really see people uh, attacking them for cultural appropriation. But anyways, if you're white and you like rap music, and if you make some rap music, or you just listen to it, you're just saying, I like, I like that kind of music. You know, you're not really saying anything positive or negative about black people themselves, but you're, other than saying they created something that's awesome. It's called rap music, and I love it. It makes me wonder how many steps you gotta go back, you know, like before rap music was... I mean, I don't know, the blues, jazz. Anyways, something, it was some sort of black music was before rap music. But if you keep going back, eventually you're going to get to the point where it's like probably some sort of, you know, white bluegrass mixed with some sort of African thing brought over by the slaves. It isn't going to be purely descended from like slavery music. So maybe that means whites and blacks can do rap, but, uh, Hispanics and Asians, they better keep their paws off of rap music. That's cultural appropriation. All right, let's throw in a clip of Katie Herzog talking about what I'm talking about here because she's pretty awesome. Um, But humans are mimetic species, species. It's sort of integral to who we are that culture is going to mutate and pass from one person and one group to another. And I think that's really actually a beautiful thing and it makes life interesting. Um, You know, and so this idea that we should 
police what what hair people can have or what uh, what food we can eat or what music we can listen to, I think is is really short-sighted. That said, straight people, stop calling yourselves queer. So what I'm hearing you say is that this wolf furry can have dreadlocks on her wolf, and that is beautiful. <laughs> However, if she is straight and if she calls her wolf queer, we might need some talking. That, there might be a talk. Exactly, exactly. If you're going to call yourself queer... You at least have to join a softball team. <laughs> well, I mentioned blackface, so that one's kind of interesting. So I think blackface mostly came from the, I guess, minstrel shows. It's like where white people would dress up as black people and put on a song and dance show. I think like in the 1800s. And, you know, probably some before and some after, but like mostly 1800s. And I think they would kind of act stereotypical. You know, they would act stupid, like, you know, whatever. They're like, they thought black people were stupid. And so when they went on stage, they would do comedy routines, I think, based on black people being stupid. So it was not a nice thing to do. It was mean. I mean, I don't think it meant you were extra racist. Like, you know, if that was your job to be a minstrel show person, you were probably just as racist as the average person around you, the person went and saw the show, or the person who didn't see the show. But, you know, it was just a lot of racism back then. I don't think it meant you I don't really think it meant extra racism, although, obviously. So now, years later, the th- uh, thing has changed. And so the interesting part about it is that, I don't know, let's say the 80s, not, I mean, when did it change? Maybe before 2010? Maybe before 2000? You know, you could wear blackface. You know, like if you dressed up as Michael Jackson for Halloween, it didn't mean you thought black people were stupid. It meant, I love Michael Jackson. You know, it's like dressing up like Spider-Man. When you dress up as Spider-Man for Halloween, it's not because you think Spider-Man is stupid, it's because you love Spider-Man. And there's famous cases like uh, Democratic Governor of Virginia, he dressed up as blackface, and you know, and he was, I think as a politician, he was like super on the side of black people. Justin Trudeau, the uh, super duper woke um, Prime Minister of Canada, he dressed up in blackface for, I think for Halloween. I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I think, I think maybe if you're a racist back in the day, you're more likely to dress up that way. Like you know, if you were in a frat in 1960 in Alabama, maybe you were more likely to do it. But in any case, it was definitely a mixed bag. Some people were doing it because they loved Michael Jackson or whatever. Not a racist thought in their brain. But now we have this new thing going on where intent does not matter. If you let intent matter, it gets everyone off the hook. They're like. None of the, you know, it's like all these people that you want to blame, you want to call them racist. Well, they're not racist. So you go, well, intent doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were racist in your brain. The thing that you did was, is now considered racist. So that's how it is. For the last 10 years or something, uh, this thing that wasn't racist is now racist. And there's other stuff like that. Like, I guess when you sing along to rap songs and they say the N word with the soft. R, the soft R, whatever, whatever R they use. I guess, you know, 10 years ago, you could just rap, a white person could just rap along to the rap song and say every word that the rapper is saying. And now, I mean, I think, I think people who listen to rap songs and rap along with rap songs still say all the words. But anyways, you just, you got to be careful and not let yourself get filmed and put on Instagram. Oh yeah, right. And the other one is the N word. Um, So it used to be like a college professor could be like, we're going to discuss this word and how white people are evil 
and you know, and they would say the word. They would say N-I-G-G-E-R. They'd say the whole thing. And there'd be some person who's totally against racism, and they're like, we're going to discuss how racism is evil. But they would say the word, and you know, and because the context mattered. The context was this person who's against racism wanted to teach his students about how racism was bad, so it was okay for him to say that word so they knew exactly what they were talking about. But the new idea is context doesn't matter. doesn't matter what your reasoning was, and if you're not racist or whatever, you just cannot say that word. I guess you can probably figure it out, but I think uh, intent and context is king. That's, that's everything. Like if you run someone over with a car on purpose, or you're negligent because you're drunk, I mean, you know, one is worse than the other, and then, you know, maybe those are worse than you were checking your phone, and that's worse than, you know, oh, you had a sneezing fit, and you, it, jerked the, it jerked the wheel a tiny bit. And then it's basically not your fault. Or, you know, the someone put a bunch of pepper in the vents of your car so that when you started it, it blew pepper in your face and caused you to have a sneezing fit. Now it means they're the murderer and you're completely innocent. So context and intent matter. Katie Herzog on Blockton Reported is talking to her gay assistant. Uh, her normal co-host is gone. They got a new co-host. And he's a gay Mormon, former Mormon. And they're talking about adoption and surrogacy pregnancies. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Give them some stats. And the reason why they brought this up is there's a guy named Dave Rubin. And he was like a, a person on the... He's gay. He's a gay man. He's, he was on the left kind of commentator. And then he got on the right kind of a Trump-supporting commentator. And so people on the left really hate him, right? You know, it's one thing to be a conservative your whole life. But if you switch, people on the left really hate Dave Rubin. And because he's gay, it makes it a little tricky. You know, it's harder, to, it's harder to criticize one of the gays. But in any case, he is married to a man, and they just went online and said they're about to have babies. And, you know, what it was is uh, I think each one of them donated their sperm, and I think the same mom, and then two surrogate mothers to carry the babies to term. So five, yeah, five people involved. I guess that's not too many extra. Normally it would just be four people involved with two kids, or you know, a maximum of four. Anyways, and some of some of Dave Rubin's conservative fans were not happy, so that was the news story there. Uh, I don't really care. But then they're talking about uh, surrogacy and you know the ethics of surrogacy and adoption. And I guess hardcore feminists are against surrogacy, like that's a woman's body and you shouldn't be able to buy it or lease it for a little while and they bring up like elon musk he just had a baby with surrogacy and you know it's like is the future going to be the poor poor women um you know do the whole nine month thing and the puking stuff and then rich women just get to raise the baby afterwards and anyways people have very strong feelings about surrogacy um i don't know they bring up a mention of some irish some rich i don't know i guess rich some irish couple had a Ukrainian surrogate mother, and then the war started. And so the Irish couple went to Ukraine, got the baby, took lots of pictures of them getting the baby, and then got out of Ukraine because there's a freaking war going on, and I guess left the mom behind. And that's considered to be a terrible thing, I guess, if you're a feminist. I don't know. I mean, if you're in a war zone, you're in a war zone, pregnant or not. 
I guess that raises the question, how much do you owe the surrogate? You know, you're like, we'll give you 20 grand to do this. And they're like, okay, do you owe them more if a war starts? I don't know. You, dear listener, can decide on that one. But there's definitely something about paying for, I'll just say it, paying for pussy brings up a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting things that I'm not prepared to go into right now. But uh, obviously, you know, prostitution, who knows what else. It's complicated and people have uh, strong feelings about it. But if it isn't human trafficking, if it isn't prostitution, surrogacy, you know, how is it different than just doing a job? I mean, one thing you might say is it's, you know, it's hard on your body. You know, like I've done construction jobs. You spend, you know, eight hours a day up in an attic with breathing nothing but, you know, fiberglass insulation. And the co-workers you know, those are all men, right? the co-workers you know, you know, they're 50 years old and their bodies are completely broken. They got no knees, they got no shoulders, they got nothing left. And they need to go another 15 years before retirement. So, you know, rich people paying poor people to do jobs that destroy their health. Uh, I mean, that's how it's always been. That's probably how it always will be until we get robots. But okay, they gave some stats on adopting. Because, you know, it's like, well, why don't you just adopt, right? That's that's what you say. You don't need to... Whatever. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. Why don't you just adopt? I mean, I know there's lots of women who have trouble getting pregnant. So they have, uh, what, in vitro fertilization, which is... Whatever. That's a whole other category. Why don't you just adopt? Well, apparently, if you want to adopt an infant, there just there ain't that many in- infants to go around. Okay, here's interesting. So... America had lots of adopting in, like, the 70s, and it's just been going down ever since. And the point of foster children is to temporarily put them in a foster home so that their parent can get their shit together, and then you give the kid back, right? The point of foster parent, foster, foster stuff, the foster system's point is not for adoption. It's to try and give the kids back to the parent. So in any case, if you want to adopt an infant, I don't know, I guess someone got pregnant who didn't want to get pregnant, and then they don't want to have an abortion, and so they put their infant up for adoption. Well, he said there's dozens. There's dozens of people who want to adopt the infant for every infant. So I don't know, dozens, so 24, let's say at least 24 people who want that baby. And so it's competition. It's not like, oh, you're such a wonderful person who's giving of themselves and you want to adopt an infant it's more like you got to be a cutthroat mf'er you probably got to know how to work the internet you need to show up on time you need to you know you probably need to put in your application at 37 different places right now because it's going to take four years before one of them accepts you you know it's like getting your kid into harvard all over again so that ain't easy and then he's talking about sometimes you can't adopt the foster kids you know, everyone wants to adopt a young kid. I mean, you know, if you can't get an infant, well, you want them to at least be young. I mean, you know, what the, what's the point of a kid? Uh, you know, you don't want to adopt a 17-year-old who's about to, whatever, leave the house and you just got to pay for them the rest of their life. And so apparently there's a website. I should check this out. There's a website where you can go on there and look at the kids in foster homes that are ready for adoption. It's like, you know, you can look at them. You can, it's, like, it's like when I got my dog. I got a rescue dog during covid and you could go to the uh, Humane Society website and look at the dogs and like see one you like. And let me tell you, it was freaking hard. I mean, it was it was just like I was saying. It was like trying to get a kid into Harvard. It was trying to get a good small dog. All they had was pit bulls. My, the Humane Society where I live is just nothing but freaking adult pit bulls, which 
Anyways, not what I wanted. I wanted a little dog. An adult. I wanted an adult little dog. But anyways, apparently I've got a Humane Society style website for kids that you can adopt. I, mean, I think there's more than one of these websites. But he's saying this one. You can sort the kids by age, which is funny because that's exactly how I sorted the dogs. I wanted an adult. I sorted them by size and age. But So you sort the kids by age. And there's 4,000 kids. And four of them are six or under. Sorry, 40. 40 out of 4,000. So anyways, one in 100 kids is, you know, one to six years old, and almost every one of them has some crazy medical condition that's going to, whatever, it's going to be a freaking nightmare to be their parent. Uh, this is the Anti-Woke Podcast. Well, Katie's Anti-Woke. Um, and so they bring up transracial adoption and transracial uh, fostering. And she probably heard it, but anyways, there's a lot more black kids in the foster system like you know you go to or adoption system like you go to a dot you're like i want a one-year-old white girl and you go to adopt a one-year-old white girl and they're like well we got 37 you know 12 year old black boys i'm exaggerating but that's kind of how it goes and so whatever so that you know that was a it was considered good like you know oh well you just well then you take a 12 year old black boy and you whatever you try and give them a good home but the woke, I don't know. I don't know why when they're woke, you know, they woke people like to say that they love black people and then just do stuff that destroys black lives. But so anyways, you know, the idea now is like the only way a black kid can have a correct American black experience is if they have a black parent or a black uh, foster parent. So it used to be like giving a kid a good home was considered good. But now if you're white, you're the white devil. Give that black kid back. But of course, there's not enough black foster homes and black people wanting to adopt. So, whatever. I guess those kids can sit and spin in foster care. And Katie's talking about her lesbian wife. Her lesbian wife was starting to get the idea that she wanted to adopt a troubled teen. So Katie got her a dog. And I guess, at least for now, that has solved that problem. Twitter handle, at AntiWokePodcast. Please tell a friend. Please give me a review on iTunes. And thanks for listening.